Today's daf is Ayin Vav, number 76 in Psachim. We learn again for our four shleim, for Tov Miriam Bas Mindel. We're at the very last line on Ayin Hamid Beis. We just finished the Mishnah yesterday, and we get into a famous topic that's discussed also in Masechah Avodah Itmar, Cham Cham. If you mix something hot with something else hot, the product of which would make it also. For example, if you mix basar b'cholav, Rashi says the last line of the page, basar osech hot meat, that mix, that got mixed with hot milk, l'tocholav oteach, oh, echad shalisav or maybe you had something that was also to eat like nevela, uh, meat that wasn't uh, slaughtered properly, uh, got mixed up hot, hot with some, another piece of hot meat, and you can't tell the taste. If, if the taste clearly was imparted, then there's no question. But the Mepharshim say we can't tell the taste. For example, uh, maybe it's the same kind of meat. You know, you had, uh, let's say, beef meat uh, that was kosher with beef meat that was not kosher. They both taste the same. You can't tell the taste. Or there's no goy maybe around, even if you could tell the taste, there's no goy to taste it to, you can't taste it yourself because maybe it has a, has imparted a bad taste. So in general, if it's hot, something mixed into hot, and you don't know, you have to assume it's usr. Divriyak kol usr, says the Gemara. Everybody says you can't eat that. Let's say cold mixed with cold. Divriyak kol everybody says that's mutter. Now, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily 100% mutter, but if, if it's something you could just, you know, peel off the outer layer, then you should take care, you should do that. Mepharshim say, everybody says it's mutter, you still have to wash it off. So if it's, let's say, a, a, some, a cold piece of, of uh, nevela meat got mixed up with a cold piece of kosher meat. So if they touch one, they're both cold. That's not a problem, but you should still rinse it off. That's as we'll see in a few minutes from the, when the Gemara elaborates on this. So tzana tov tzana devekol Where's a machlokus? We come to a famous machlokus. Cham letov tzana and tzana tocham. Let's say something hot got mixed up, fell into something cold, or cold fell into something hot. So here's a machlokas. Rav says, Rav Amar Ilagavar. The upper one overpowers the lower one. And what does that mean? That means that if something cold fell into something hot, well, the cold overpowers the hot, and therefore if the cold overpowers the hot, it's not really usher because it didn't get, it didn't impart the flavor from one to another. Again, it doesn't mean that you could just eat it plain without peeling off a layer or rinsing it off. But if it's uh, in, but but it means that it's not the whole thing doesn't become usher. So uh, so here's the machlokas. Rav says the upper one overpowers the lower one, and Shmuel Amr Gover, the lower one overpowers the upper one. So therefore, if it's something cold that fell into something hot, it's usher. It's just like hot fell into hot according to Shmuel, because the lower one, it's the lower one that 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 you look at. This is the machlokas here. It's very hard to learn halacha lemaisa from this because the situations all depend. Every situation is different. Our ovens are different today, or uh, the mixtures are different. You have to understand. You have to you have to look at the individual situation, and get a psak. But but in general, we have this machlokas. Rob says when hot mixes with cold, the upper one, whatever fell in, the upper one overpowers the lower one. Shmuel says the lower one overpowers the other one, the upper one. Now. Can we see a proof from our Mishnah that way? Either way. Let's see our Mishnah. So the Gemara is going to bring proof from our Mishnah. Tanan, our Mishnah says, Let's say a carbon Pesach, you're roasting, and some of the juice of the Pesach fell onto the oven wall, 
So v'chazer elav, and then after it after it got heated up or it fell onto the we we don't know yet. We're assuming now uh, we'll see what we're, we're that the that the that the oven is cold. So uh, if the oven is cold, so the juice that fell onto the oven v'chazer elav, and then returned back onto the carbon pesach. Ye tell us makoma. The mishnah says all you have to do is remove its spot. In other words, not just peel off. You got to take away any any place where that uh, juice had gone onto the oven and then got reabsorbed onto the carbon pesach that has to be removed. You got to dig in a little bit and t- make sure that there's n- none of the juice that touched the oven wall fell uh, fell in uh, and fell back into the carbon pesach. You got to make sure you don't eat any of that juice. Kasal We're assuming now that we're speaking about where the cheres was cold. So if the cheres was cold, so what happened? The juice, the hot juice from the carbon pesach, fell onto the cold pot, right? So Bishlam Rav Dami Rav says that the upper one overpowers the lower one. So when the juice fell onto the oven wall, the juice overpowered that. Mishmachi tells Makomo. So I understand what happened here. The juice overpowered the wall, became it it, it uh, heat it uh, heated up the wall because you look at that. In other words. The hot juice fell onto the oven wall, and since the uh, the one that falls on the upper one overpowers the lower one, so it heated up the wall. The ozel rot of marasich the the rot of the juice, the juices uh, heated up the uh, the earthenware oven wall. The and then once it heated it up, it came back. Now the the heated wall uh, went back and re- returned and marasich lelerotiv, and then it, it it in turn heated up the the juice. The juice first heated up the oven. The oven was cold, we're assuming. Now that the oven was hot, it also in turn, re- it returned the heat, so to speak, to the to the, uh, to the the juice. And now when the juice fell back on to the meat of the carbon pesach, and now the carbon pesach has been heated up via the heat of the oven. Hashem told us, it's got to be, Roasted by fire, not roasted by an oven wall. So it makes sense when Amishta says you got to remove that section of the carbon pesach, which has now has the juice which touched the oven wall and fell back onto the carbon pesach. I understand why. Because since the carbon, according to Rav, it makes sense because the oven wall uh, was heated up by the juice of the carbon pesach. And since it was heated up, so the oven wall was the lower thing. It was heated up by the roast. The juice was the upper thing. It makes sense. El Shmuel, but according to Shmuel, says that the lower thing, when you mix two things, the lower thing overpowers the upper one. Well, if the lower thing was the oven wall and it was cold, so why do you have to clean anything up? El Shmuel, the, the oven wall, since it was cold, it, it cooled off the juice. The juice didn't warm up the oven wall, but rather the oven wall cooled off the juice. So once it, if it cooled it off, it didn't heat it, it cooled it off. If it cooled it off, then when the juice fell back onto the carbon pesach, why do you have to remove the juice because it was heated up, so to speak, by them? It didn't heat, wasn't heated up by the oven wall, it was cooled off by the oven wall. The answer is, we're not speaking about where the oven wall, according to Shmuel, was cold. Like Rabbi Shmuel is going to say in a few minutes, we talk about the flour, which we'll talk about in a minute. Hot flour. We're talking about a hot oven. So therefore, there's no kasha. Shmuel says, very simple. The juice fell on the hot oven. So the juice was hot and the oven was hot. So it fell back on. There's no problem. That, that, that's why you have to remove the juice from the carbon Pesach, because it was heated up by the wall. 
and it wasn't heated up by the fire. What about the next case in the Mishnah Tanah? Not not the Meirot Falsos. Let's say the carbon pesach juice fell onto um, flour, fell into some flour there. Now you're going to eat the flour. You're going to eat uh, make uh, make uh, matzah out of it. Whatever fell onto this flour. Says Yikimitz of Makoma. The Mishnah there says you have to take even more. Not enough to peel off the outer layer. Not enough to dig in maybe a finger breadth deep. But rather you got to take a whole handful of the flour out because the um, juice that uh, seeped into the flour very deep in there. Make sure you take a whole handful out. Now again, assum- the assumption is we're assuming now that the juice fell onto cold flour. So Bishlam according to Rav, it says the upper one overpowers the lower one. Very good. The hot upper juice fell onto the lower uh, flour, cold flour, and therefore it heated it up. That's why you got to take away the place when you eat the flour. And I'm not even talking about the thing jump. It didn't jump back on. It's just about eating the flour. You got to take away in the flour. Make sure that you remove any juice that fell in there because the juice that fell in there uh, is is hot and it heated up the comets. The heat up the souls. The because it heated up the so heated up the flour. The flour then in turn you know, kept the, uh, once it heated it up so much, it heated, the, the flour in turn heated up the juice. So now the juice has been roasted or heated up because of the heat of the flour. Hashem told us to only eat uh, carbon Pesach, which is roasted by fire. Now, the juice is part of the carbon Pesach. So this carbon pestle, you can't eat it if it's been heated up by some other source. And here it was heated up by some other source. Yes, indeed, the juice originally was heated up by the fire, but it in turn heated up the uh, the cold flour and made the flour hot. And the flour then re- reheated up the juice, and you can't eat it now. What do you do? you got to burn it like like Kachim Mature Puzzle. Yeah, you can't eat that. El Shmuel Dhamma Tsar Gavar, but according to Shmuel says that the lower one overpowers the upper one. So solus, the flower, keeping the sun since it's cold, Akuri Makele, it cools off the juice. What's the problem? Lamalay says, why do you have to remove its spot? There's no problem at all. If anything, it cooled it off. It didn't heat up. You're not when you eat the carbon pesach and you eat the juice, you didn't eat any juice which was heated up by a foreign source, so to speak. It was heated up by the whatever heat is left in there was from the original uh fire. Because if anything, the flour cooled it off. So here's where Yirmiyah Shmuel said, "No, besolus roseches tanan." Shmuel will say, "Yirmiyah says, am Rabbi Yirmiyah Shmuel besolus roseches." We're talking about where the flour was hot. So even the the, the flour was the up was the lower source source so it was the lower item, but it heated up the oil, the uh, the carbon pesach juice even more. Okay, so therefore it's not a kasha on Shmuel. Shmuel and Rav, either one can learn the Mishnah properly. Again, the Mishnah says, Let's say you basted the Korban Pesach with oil of Truma. If the registered members of this Korban Pesach are Kohanim Yochlu. If it's raw, if the Korban Pesach is raw when it was basted, just rinse it off. If it's been roasted already, you've got to peel off the outer level. So Bishlam the Rav Dami Law Gover, since according to Rav, since the upper one uh, overpowers the lower one, Amtu Lahochi Sagla Beklipa. It's enough to just remove, just remove the uh, layer, peel off the layer 
of the basting truma from the top, mishum dilaw, right? Mishum dilaw tsoninu. The upper one is cold. When you baste it, the, the, the basting, the oil was cold. The oil wasn't hot. So therefore, it's enough just to, just to peel off. El l'shmul, but according to shmuel, that you go according to the lower one. The lower one overpowers the upper one. Dhamr tesogov, the lower one overpowers it. So since the lower one, the carbon Pesach is hot, keeping the chamu, mivlabala, it should absorb the, the basted um, uh, oil. And therefore, it shouldn't be enough just to peel off a layer. You should have my sagi Why is it enough to just peel it off? Nitzelagam, it should be usher. Because if you, these are Yisraelim, they're not allowed to eat the uh, basted oil, which has been absorbed in the hot, um, in the hot uh, carbon Pesach. So it's a kash on Shmuel. So it's no shiny sikh demash bi'amahu davida. When it comes to basting, it's a very small amount of oil. It's a very tiny amount of oil, and therefore it's enough just to peel it off. It doesn't get absorbed that much in. So all the, the all these these cases in the Mishnah can be learned by Shmuel or by Rav. It's not a kash on either one. However, now we're going to see Tanya Kavasi. We're in the first of the wide lines of the Gemara. Tanya Kavasi Shmuel, you have proof from a brisa to Shmuel. Cham Tocham, the Mishnah, the brisa says, Cham Tocham, everybody gives his usher. You mix something hot with hot, milk with meat, or nevela with uh, kosher. Also, if you put something cold into something hot, also usher. Why is it usher? Because you look at the bottom one. In other words, uh, hot into hot and cold into hot is the same thing. Cold into hot is as bad as hot into hot because the upper, the lower one overpowers the upper one. And therefore, it's usher. Cham if you took something hot into something cold, or it's so-and-so, or cold into cold, it's enough just to rinse it off. Now, we mentioned before, what do you mean, just rinsing it off is good enough? The Gemara's going to ask you on that now. I understand cold and cold, rinse it off. Nothing got absorbed. But hot into cold, even if you say that the cold overpowers the hot, right? So the Gemara asks now, and even if you say, it's enough just to rinse it off, since the upper one is hot, the lower one overpowers it. In other words, the lower one, rather than the, lo- the upper one heating up the lower one, the lower one is cooling off the upper one. But keeping the chamu, but since it, when it initially touches, it's hot, by the, b- before the lower one overpowers and cools off the upper one, you've got to, it's got to absorb a little bit. In other words, sure, if you put something hot into something cold, you might say that uh, the lower one Cools off the upper one. Okay, but at that split second when you first put it in, it's got the hot one's got to absorb something. Obviously, a lot of this depends on the volumes. We know that too. If you take a small hot boiling drop and throw it into a freezing mikvah, gigantic mikvah, the mikvah is going to overpower the lower one, right? That's that's how Shmuel is, and that's what we're going to see in a minute that we really pasuk like Shmuel, but. But obviously, it depends on the circumstances, right? And yet, on the other hand, if you take a very small amount of cold water, freezing water, and you pour a mikvah's worth of steaming hot water on top of it, that's going to overpower it too. So clearly, when you could tell the circumstances, and it's clear what happened, there's no question. Here, the whole issue is, as the Mepharshim say, it depends when you can't tell. You don't know if it's in part of the flavor. He says, um, he says here that... Um, we don't know if it, ta- if it gave a taste. Clearly, if you had, um, I don't know, let's say, you know, chazer oil, you know, you had a mikvah full of chazer oil that fell onto a tiny amount of kosher oil, right? And, and, and Shmuel says you go by the lower one, but not if it was such a big volume. It's talking about where you can't tell. This is all where you can't tell. 
where it's the same min, so or or situations where uh, where the the amount is similar and you can't tell. So here he says, even according to Shmuel, back in the Gemara, uh, he, he says, even the before the lower one cools it off, it needs some. It could have absorbed some amount that the hot the hot from the top should have absorbed something of the uh, bottom one that's cold. Uh, you should at least lead peeling it off. If it's hot into cold, even though the cold overpowers and makes the upper one, uh, cools it off, you should still peel it off. If it's cold and cold, then all you need is rinsing it. Another brysa bringing a riot to Shmuel, why is this a riot to Shmuel? Because it clearly says that sonein letoch cham is osir, and cham letoch tsonein, it's enough just to peel off a little bit. Tanya yidach, basar osecha, similar, a hot meat, shenafel toch fell into hot milk, cholav rotech. So clearly, hot and hot. Vechein sonein shenafel tocham. Again, he says, if it's cold, it fell into hot. The hot overpowers the cold, heats it up, and it's osir. That's what Shmuel says. If it was hot into cold, all you need is rinsing it off. The more is the same question. It was enough just to rinse it off. Keeping the chamu, since it's hot, by the time the lower one cools off the upper one, it would have absorbed something. You should need at least peeling off. If it's hot into cold, it doesn't become osir, because again, the cold overpowers the hot, but it used to release. Uh, uh, peel off one layer, peel off a little bit. So in Sartanen, if it was cold on cold, then all you do to do is rinse it off. Rashi says over here, take a look at Rashi right where the lines get narrow on the page, at the near the top where the lines get narrow, the first of the narrow lines. Even though Machlok is Rav and Shmuel, generally we pass like Shmuel when it comes to uh, Dine Mominus, money matters, when it comes to Isur, we pass like Rav. Here the Lachas like Shmuel, Tanya. In other words, the two prices that we just learned are clear proofs to Shmuel. Omar Mar. This is we say that if it's cold on cold, all you need to do is rinse it off because it doesn't absorb. That's only if it hasn't been heavily salted. Uh, you'll see why I say heavily in a minute. Heavily salted. But if it was one, if the, if the uh, upper, if either one was heavily salted, then because if it's salted, and as according to Shmuel, that the lower one overpowers the upper one, so if the lower one was heavily salted, that's like boiling, right? So then it would overpower them. Then would be also, because Shmuel says, we had some more in Chulin, that if it's heavily salted, it's like boiled. Kavush, and if it's pickled, or, you know, uh, steeped together in vinegar, that's like cooked. So then Amar Rav and Rav says, he said that salted is like boiled. Uh, it's so salt that you can't eat it. You could eat it, but it's ruined. Rashi says it's not that it's totally inedible, but it's ruined the taste. Something, something is so oversalted that you know you just don't like it anymore. It's ruined the taste. So we're talking about where it's so heavily salted that it's ruined it. It wouldn't normally be eaten because it's salt. If it's just salted a little bit, you know, you oversalt it a little bit, but you can still eat it. Then it's not a problem. So again. He says that uh, if it's been salted, if it's heavily salted, you know, salted the way you kosher meat. You know, when they kosher meat, when your mother used to kosher the meat, they were heavily salted and then rinse, rinse it off. You couldn't eat it like that. You had to rinse off the salt. Well, you had to rinse off the salt because it absorbed the blood, but you couldn't eat it anyway like that. It had to be, had to be washed off. So here again, if it's heavily salted, then it's like boiled.
Hellbach is a story with a young pigeon, the Nafalachada the Kamcha, fell into a jug of Kimcha. Kimcha is like uh, Kutach, Rashi says. It's got, uh, it's made with whey uh, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, milk that's uh, sour milk and, uh, and bread and uh, crust and salt. So I think it's, it's Milchik. So he had a young pigeon that was cold. It was cold, it wasn't hot. Fell into a jug of, uh, of milk, let's say, you know, a concoction of milk, something that was Milchik. The son of Rabba from Pashrunya, from that place, said it's mutter, just rinse it off. You need a tamachachim, you know, anybody can say it's usher. To be moderate, that's already, uh, uh, you need a, uh, a rav, you know, to, a big tamachachim. He says, look how great a chachim is, like, who could be matter this, kiha, like this, ilav, ilav, if it wouldn't be for Ravchina, who was a great tamachachim, who could have matter this? The Gavarabu, he's a great man who, I can tell you, when did Shmuel say that what, that if it's salted, it's like boiled, if it's so salted that you can't eat it, it's, 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 oh, it's too salted. But over here, this is eaten by itself. Even if it's salted, it still can be eaten. In other words, this, um, whether you're talking about the kumcha or you're talking about the, uh, the gozel, the, the pigeon, is, uh, is, uh, is, it can be eaten even though it's, it's salted, right? Because it's not that salted. That's only if it's raw. Then all you need to do is rinse it off. But if it's been roasted, if the pigeon's been roasted, boy, you need to peel it off, as we said before, because then it's already been, it could absorb more. Rashi says that, um, uh, uh, right, only, but then you need Aval Tzli, if it's been, if it's been roasted, some Rashi on this, but Rashi means that, if it's been roasted, then it could absorb a little bit, and uh, therefore you have to uh, peel it off. So that's like, that's like even cold with uh, cold. In other words, not cold with cold, that doesn't need any, uh, just rinsing off, if it's been roasted already, that's already like hot, a little bit hot, so therefore, and even though the lower one, the cold uh, kamcha, uh, cools off the upper one, but as we said before, it still needs klipa. Since the uh, bird was hot or roasted, it needs, you have to peel, it, peal off the part that touched the, uh, mil- the, milky, uh, the milky substance. That's only if it doesn't have cracks. Avalespe pili also. So here Rashi says, But if it's got cracks in it, like, you know, splits in it, then it gets too absorbed and the whole thing is usher. Because then, the metuvel also, metavli also, also if the, if the um, pigeon, even if it wasn't, didn't have cracks, uh, but it, it had been, um, it had been uh, spice, put spices on, because the spices, Rashi says, marachile, soften it up, umaitzin, absorb, ubalimor, lakuscha, absorb the good, baguzlatzon. We're talking about a cold one, so what, what did we really say here? He was matzah to be eaten if the young pigeon fell into the kumcha. Then he says, all you need is rinsing off. That's all, just rinsing off. Even though it was lightly salted, it wasn't heavily salted, and therefore there's no problem, right? But if it was uh, roasted, then you should at least peel it off because that's like hot that fell into cold. And 
if it had cracks in it or it was a, or had spices, even though it was cold, it would still be also because these things would absorb. So obviously you can't paskin based on a Gemara. There's so many issues involved. Was it salted? Was it cracked? Is it a possibility? And this is all we don't know. But when clearly, let's say you had a guy there and could taste it and he says, boy, this pigeon tastes very milky, tastes milichik, then of course you can. If, if, you had a, if, you, if there's a way to test and see if the taste is in there, then there's no question, or if, if a, a large amount, if it fell into a, 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 a tub of milk, you know, so then clearly it's got a taste of milk in it. We're talking about where you can't tell, where you can't tell how far do you have to go. So the big chiddush is that, it, that if it's very cold, cold, fell into cold, cold meat and cold meat, uh, and, it, and, and, the, and, the, and you can't tell if it was there to absorb, rinsing off is, can be good enough. All right, and we pass him like Shmuel. Amarav, basar shchuta. So Rav says like basar shchuta shamein. Here we come to another issue of smell. Let's say you have basar shchuta shamein. They have a fat piece of, uh, a good gazunta piece of uh, kosher meat. Shetzalu and basar, the shalom basar veil, that was cooked in the same oven. Now, they were on different spits. They weren't touching one another, but they were cooked in this, they were ro- roasted in the same oven, basar nevela kachosh, even with lean lean nevela meat, so it didn't have so much juice in it, and etc. It wouldn't, it wouldn't impart such a flavor, let's say. They didn't touch. They weren't touched. They were just roasted in the same oven. Rav says, that's also my timer. Because they fatten from one another. What's the basis of it? And Levi says, no. Levi says, so the Kiddush is, the Kiddush of Rav is that even though uh, the uh, prohibiting meat, which is the Basra Nevela, was lean and didn't have a lot of fat in it, and the other one was Still, we say that it could absorb, the kosher one could absorb from the bad one, and it's also to eat. Even if the kosher meat was lean, shetzalu that was roasted in basar nevela shaman, that was, that was roasted in the same oven with basar nevela, which was fat, it's still mutter. My time, a rechabam is simply giving off a smell, the rechalab milsa, smell doesn't, uh, doesn't, smell doesn't count. This is the machlokas. Levi says smell alone counts. It has a smell of it. You know what? It's got a smell. It, 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 the taste was not imparted, but the smell was. So does smell alone mean something? That's the famous machlok. We have the machlok in the too. Levi says, Rav says that it does. Levi in the house of the exilarch, there was a like a pig, you know. Interesting on this stuff, we'll see. Davarachar means something always that's not good. No, Davarachar, right? So here it means a chazer. We'll see later on. It means something else too. It always means something. It's not good, right? So you had a lamb, a kosher, and a davracher, a pig, and they were roasted in the same oven. They weren't touching. Rachok zemizer Rashi says they were one, two separate spits, but they were far away from another. The question is, does the smell do anything? and Rav says the reach is mil, so reach counts. Well, see reach Ramu. Levi says smell doesn't count. Listen to this. It says there in the, in the Brisa that you don't roast two carbon Pesachs together, right? I, my, my carbon Pesach and your carbon Pesach, you don't roast them together. Neatruv is because of the mixture. Now, my love to Rustam doesn't it mean because the smell of one will go into the other. And that's, that shows like Rob that the smell of one goes into the other. We're not talking about what they touch. Just you shouldn't roast them together in the same oven or in the same fire. You shouldn't do it the same because we'll get... So for Kashlo Levi, it's Kashlo Levi because here you see that smell does do something slow. Because we're worried that you're going to mix up mine with yours. And remember, I'm a Manui, I'm a registered on mine, you're registered on yours. So therefore, that's the concern. 
The safe over there says even a, a, a kid with a lamb, right? Now, even a kid with a lamb, you shouldn't cook it together. Yeah, I'm a fish, I'm a magufin. If the concern is what? That you shouldn't mix up mine with yours. You, you'll wind up eating my, my carbon pesach and I'll wind up eating yours. Even a gedivita, which are not likely to, to mix up a kid with a goat, but when people are roasting a lot of stuff over there, they might mix them up. If it's because of the taste, so, malig divitle, malig divigdi. What's the difference if we're worried about the taste? What's the difference if they're both lamb or they're both goats or one's a lamb, one's a goat? What's the difference? <laughs> we're talking about the taste of one should not go. If you say taste or smell means something, the smell of one goes into the other. Again, if the taste went in, your taste, you're eating something else. But if it's just smell, so uh, we want to say Saraya to Rav, uh, to, to Rav, right? That the smell means something. He says, no, no, no. We're talking about the concern is not that the smell of one will go into the other and that means something and I'll be eating your animal effectively. No, we're, we're, we're going to mix up the two animals and I'm going to eat your animal, you're going to eat my animal. That's the concern. That's why it says, I feel like David If the reason is because of the Gufanite, it says, I feel like David but if the reason is because of true tamim, because the smell would go from one to another, not because I'm going to eat yours and you're going to eat mine. So mal what's the malik DVD? It's it's the smell is going from one animal to another. Elamai al kachem must be because there was gufen who the aser. tamim shari. But what? But that means that if the tam just went, meaning the smell went from one to another, he calls that turvus tam. But he means the smell uh, is is in the other. So uh, that would be okay. So let me have you to and it's a kashan rav. So Rav says smell alone ruins something, right? So in case of kosher and non-kosher, it's us to eat. In the case of carbon Pesach, if, my, if the smell of my animal went into the smell of your animal, that's a problem because you're going to be eating my animal effectively, according to Rav. I'm Rav Yirmiya, Hachamayaskina, no. Rav will say, speaking about where they were cooked in two different pots, how can you cook carbon Pesach in a pot? It has to be roasted. It can't be cooked in a pot. It says, meaning, it was cooked in, in one oven, but there was a big pile of coals in between them. It was like it was two separate pots. This is how Rav will learn the the, the You don't roast two carbon pesachs together. They taruvas because of the mixture. What's the taruvas? My taruvas taruvas tamim because Rav holds that the smell of one can go into another. Right? Even when it's like two separate pots, meaning they are separated. Uh, there's a separation, a mechitza between the two of them. The lekatrovas, even when there's no, the taste will not go from one to another. There's a big pile of coals in between. So the taste of one, the smell of one is not going to go into the other. It's still also, because maybe you'll mix up and you'll take, well, each one of us will take the wrong animal when it comes to eating it. That's how Rav will learn the brisa. So each Rav and Levi can each learn the brisa accordingly. But again, Rav says that Recha Milsa, the smell alone means something. Levi says it doesn't count. You removed Bread, rota means, you know, they moved it from the walls of the oven. That's how they've been peeling it off. They peeled off the, because they used to bake the breads like, you know, like the uh, uh, Arabs do, you know, and uh, they, they attach it to the, uh, to the wall of the, um, of the oven and then they peel it off. So rota paschama, you took off some hot bread, and you put it on a barrel of wine of truma. Now the question is, did the, did the bread absorb the smell of the Truma wine, which would be, that would mean they could only be eaten by a Kohen. Rameir Osa, Rameir says that if you're not a Kohen, you can't eat it. You can't eat the bread because the bread absorbed the wine, the Truma wine in there. Rebutus is, it's mutter because Rebutus is what? The smell doesn't count. Again, Rameir holds smell counts. 
That's what we call like what Rav's saying. And Rabbi says smell doesn't count. Rabbi says it depends. Matu b'shel chitin, he says wheat is not so absorbent. If the bread is, br- is wheat bread, it's okay. But, uh, but if it's barley bread, barley bread absorbs more. And shasam shows because barley absorbs more. My love tonoi, l'charitz machlokis tonoam. The marsav arecha lav milsi. That would be beautiful. Recha doesn't count. The smell doesn't mean anything. O marsav arecha milsi. So the Gemara says, Levi vadi tonoi. Levi, there's no way that Levi can come out like Rameyer or like Rabiosi because Levi, Levi holds that smell doesn't count. So why would Rameyer asser? And Rabiosi also asser in the case of barley bread. So according to Levi, it's certainly machlokis tonoam, and he goes, he passes like Rabiuda, but Larav named tonoi. According to Rav, who holds Recha Milsa, and he comes out like Rameyer and like Rabiosi, could he, is there a way for him to come out like Rabiuda also, or would he also say it's a machlokis tonoam? Rav, no. Even Rabiuda agrees with me that smell counts, but it depends on the circumstances. Didn't we explain? Didn't we explain it over there? Omer Rav Baruchana, Omer Ashlakish, the Pascham of Chavas Psucha, if it's hot bread and an open uh, an open uh, uh, jug, a uh, uh, barrel of wine. He says, even Rabiudah would hold that it's Osir. That's how, that's how Rav would learn. In other words, that even Rabiudah holds that smell counts, and the smell clearly is absorbent when the bread is hot and the, and the barrel is open. The pasta as Vachavaskmufa, if the barrel is sealed and the bread is cold, because the smell doesn't go. It's not that smell doesn't count, but the smell doesn't get absorbed into the bread. What's the machlokes? See the three machlokes. Either where the bread is hot and the, and the barrel is sealed, or or the bread is cold and the, and the barrel is open. Uh, and that's the machlokas over there. What's the deal? But that's the machlokas between Ramea, Rabiuda, and Rabiosi. And in this case that we're talking about over here, whether he's talking about the basar shchuta shamein with the uh, with the nevela with the bread, that's also like hot bread and an open barrel that everybody would agree that Recha noted. And that's the machlokas here between Rav and Levi. Now, Tony. Um, um, before we learn the next line, I, I want to point your attention to Rashi. Uh, Rashi over here says about five, six lines uh, before the lines get wide in Rashi. Rashi says, Even though there are certain Tanam who go like Rav, as we've just learned here, Ramey and Rabiosi, and possibly even Rabbi Yonah Shur, he'll give us the Levi. It also is like Levi, that what that that smell does not count. And talks over there about if you punctured a hole in a, in a barrel, um, is it, are you, and the Jews, it was, let's say it was a Goyesha barrel, and the Jews smelled from there, was he over in this or not? Rav over there, Paskins, like Levi, Reicha doesn't count. So he says, uh, so, and Rav, so Rav Paskins, like Levi, says Rashi, over there in Avodah Zarah, Rav Paskins, like Levi, and Rashi says, Abayim Rav is like Rav. So therefore, Rashi says, even though the Tanam go like Rav, the Halacha is like Levi, that Recha does not count. However, Tosus differs. Let's see now the next Gemara before we look at Tosus. Tani Ravkana, Bereid Ravchanina, back in the Gemara, Ravchanasada, Pasha Afa in sleep. Let's say you baked some bread with, uh, you baked some bread, Shafa with, uh, with a roasted meat, the Tanur, right? So now the bread uh, got the smell of the, uh, the taste of the, uh, of the meat. You can't, uh, you can't eat that bread with milchiks, basically, right? It absorbs. Okay, so therefore, uh, and therefore, that sounds like Rav, right? That sounds like Rav, that it, it was just baked in the same thing. All It absorbed the smell. It didn't get any of the meat in the, on the bread. The bread didn't touch the meat. It absorbed the smell, and he passed in that way. 
Uh, and that's why Tosvis and uh, other Rishonim here on the Daphne Chanal seem to paskin like Rav that Recha does count. Here he says another story. He had a fish. Some fish was roasted together with some meat. You can't eat it with milchiks because the meat, even though, even though the fish is parv, but since it was roasted with the meat, it got a flavor, a smell of flavor in there, and he asserted it. Without forget about milchiks, you shouldn't eat the you shouldn't eat the uh, fish at all, even salted. Meaning the way you normally, I think it means even normally you normally eat the fish because fish that was should not be roasted with meat. Because that's bad for it's it's uh, harmful for your smell. Because I'm a right, it's harmful for your smell. We're not talking about the smell of meat. We're talking about it's bad. In other words, it's not healthy to eat. Uh, meat and uh, fish that were roasted together, that's bad for body, body odor. Also cause here, the davracher is saras, it also can cause leprosy. So here Tosus says, just look, I turn your attention to uh, the third Tosus, So even though Rashi, we said Paskins like Levi, that Recha doesn't count, but since Rav Barzika, uh, in, we just had in this story, uh, forbade me, um, the fish that was roasted together with the meat to eat it with milchik. See, Paskin's like Rav. For Rav Anami, and even though he point, Tosus points out the same Rav that Rashi referred to, the Shari Bastia, Motsi, Savar Kavase. Even there, there maybe Recha doesn't count. Here maybe it does, Savar Kavase. V'sham Mephorsh, V'tarem Dom. Now, now that just, I'm going to look at the last of this. V'tarem Dom Shalom, we have big ovens today. Nira Demutur Lafos Lechem Imosa, Lechem Imoso Pashtida. What's that word, pashtida, Michael? Where did that come from, right? That's how they call kugel today in Israel, right? It means a pie, uh, right? Where did that word come from, right? Here you see Rashi calling out that word, I'm also pashtida. Hol, mechusus, they're very covered, kein shtekaderes, very covered. So Tosa says two things. Number one, he paskins like Rav, that Recha Milsa, but he says it depends on the circumstances. He, he agrees. Rav over there, Paskins in the case in Avodah Zarah, that Rechalav Milsa. And he says that it depends on the kind of ovens that you have and the circumstances of how you're roasting it. And therefore, obviously, you can't Paskin Alacha based on this. You have to look at things. But here you see Rashi, clearly Rashi Paskins like Levi. And uh, Tosas brings our man Tama Paskins like Rav. Says the Mishnah. Chamishet Varim Pardon? Yeah, um, it's Problem of the most, instead of rayach, there's there's uh, vapors that, that that settle on the other food. Right, and, right. And, and part of the right, that, right. That, 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 you know, vapor alone doesn't do it. If you uh, you walked you walked with uh, some kosher meat in your in your bag, and you walked into a goyish a, a trefa, uh, you know, a, a trefa, uh, you know, um, kitchen somewhere, and they're cooking davaracha there, and the smell is horrible. You know, if you ever smell davaracha, it stinks. You know, whatever. And uh, and the, did the vapor get into your meat? You know, it's a it's a complex thing. That's really the machlokus over here. So again, it depends. Cold, not. These are shilas about. Uh, this is uh, Basu Bacholov and uh, and uh, Nevela. These are the questions of of kashrus that you have to ask shilas about. But clearly, you see that uh, Rashi says Rechalav Milsa and Rabba Paskins Rechalav Milsa. Smell alone doesn't do it. But obviously, in these cases, there were Rabbanu Paskin that if you cook the uh, uh, 
fish together, you roasted the fish together with meat, even though they didn't touch. They were in an oven they didn't touch. But he says you can't, you, the, the, it, it did impart the flavor. According to Rav, Recha Milson, it did impart it. Maybe old Recha Milson, it is vapor. In other words, if you go down to the molecule level, we know today when you smell something, it's because some small, tiny molecules got into your nose. You smelled it. So it did travel somehow. But that's, you know, there is such a, there's clearly that's, that happened. But halachically, is that enough to make something not permissible to be eaten? Says the Mishnah, Hamisha Dvarim Boim Betuma. I just want to see the Mishnah. We'll, the Mishnah will be on tomorrow's daf, but I mean, it's on the podcast, but I, I want to at least cover the Mishnah now. Hamisha Dvarim, there are five things Boim Betuma. These are like carbonos that are brought Betuma because it's a carbon seabor, but Enochon, you don't eat them. Enochon Betuma. Haomer, the carbon Omer, if the seabor's tummy, carbon, the corn are tummy. We'll see all about this. Vishte Alechem, Lechem upon him, Vizif Chesham These five things, <coughs> I mean, these five things. Are the carbon omer, the shteh lechem, which even though the shteh lechem is not, you don't take kamitza from it, but you have to do hagasha with it, etc. So it is a carbon. It's part of the kibseat saras carbon on, on shvuas. Lechem upon him, the 12 loaves week to week in the, and the shulchan. Vezivchei shamit sibor. Vezivchei rasha chadashim. There might be others too, but we'll see. These are five carbonos that, even though they're brought betuma, but they're not eaten betuma. They're tamei or koinim or tamei, as we'll see, you don't eat them. But a pesach shabah betuma, when is a Pesach Babatuma? If rove of the Tzibor is Tome, Mes, it's a Tome Mes, we mentioned that before, Pesach Shabbatuma, Nechabat Sitin Batumal, Shlobabat Chilas Alechilas. We said, Carbon Pesach, the main purpose of Carbon Pesach is to eat it. We said, if you brought a Carbon Pesach and you were a Tar and then you became Tome and you couldn't eat it, let's say you were the only owner, you're still Yotzer Carbon Pesach, even though you didn't eat it. You couldn't eat it because you became Tome and you're a Yochid. But if the Tzibor is Tome, Rova the tzibur, the whole tzibur is tummy mace. It's not only brought betumah, but it's eaten betumah as well. That's how Pesach is different than the other kabbonis. And tomorrow's Gemara is going to discuss that whole issue of of tumah um, hutzibur, uh, tumah tchui How does that work? And and carbon Pesach is obviously different than the other kabbonis, and are and are other kabbonis included in that? So tomorrow's daf is daf Einstein will be on the podcast, and we'll pick it. It'll start from the Mishnah again that we just learned. And on Sunday, Mirza Hashem, we'll, we'll start from the second line on Ayin Ches. So make sure you get to the, the second line on Ayin Ches, where we'll pick it up on Sunday. Shabbat Shalom to everybody. Kol Tov. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.